Welcome to this edition of Breaking Middle. I'm Charlotte DeBone. I'm looking forward to tackling Breaking Middle with you guys today. Today's topic, we're going to talk about how I retire from teaching after only four years. I'm excited. Let's get into it. So let's jump right into this week's topic. How did I retire after only four years of teaching? This year would have been my fifth year of teaching. Now, did I love the actual teaching piece of it? I did. Did I love all the other things that came with it? Absolutely not, right? But I had a passion for teaching. However, it wasn't paying the bills, right? So let me back up this story just a little bit, right? So I went and got my bachelor's degree. And I changed my major from business marketing to social sciences, right? Anthropology, sociology. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't thinking about income. I was just looking to figure out life and figure it out on my own and explore the world, right? So I'm like with these big dreams, I'm going to save the world. I'm studying about um, anthropology and going all over the world and global sociocultural studies and big issues. And I was deeply passionate about people, right? And the science of people. It's the one thing that actually sparked something in me. So I'm thinking... As soon as I graduate, all I have to do is graduate. I'll be able to go out and make a difference, right? <laughs> Those of you who've ever been there, I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Yeah, doesn't really work out the way that we plan sometimes, right? So here I am. I graduate with my bachelor's degree, fresh out of college, and I have my eyes on my dream job, right? And it really wasn't about the income at the time. So my dream job was um, working and helping children in foster care and doing all of that. And I really didn't care about the income because I was like, you know, it'll come, right? So uh, lo and behold, I did not get the dream job yet because we know that sometimes it takes time. And so I started off working at Wells Fargo. A friend of mine was actually working there. They got me a job. I needed something to, to pay the income, uh, pay my bills, right? And so um, I worked at, at Wells Fargo for about six months, right? I worked at a bank for about six months. And um, yeah, I hated it. It was miserable, okay? First of all, I started to move up. I guess I had that corporate look and they wanted to groom me. And so I was kind of doing this hybrid role between teller and banker. And I remember um, at one point they were telling us we got to make cold calls. And I absolutely couldn't stand it. Right. So moving forward, I ended up leaving that job and I went and started working and creating my career in social services. Right. But guess what? <laughs> my income did not match up to, it wasn't really just about the bills, right? Because we know that six months, really six months after you graduate from college, who's knocking on your door? Well, guess what? The government, they wanted their loans. And on top of that, I had a private loan. So um, I began to realize that it was quite difficult financially for me to do what it was that I was doing. One, Two, I also realized that because I was starting out in the field, I was at the lower end of the totem pole. So guess what? I got all of the grunt work, okay? So I said, okay, let me try and figure out something. Meanwhile, I could not 
even put a penny towards my student loan debt. So now I was in the water right in the deep end, like somebody dropped me in the middle, right? And now I had to figure out, do I sink or swim? How do I get this done? Okay, so now I move through, right? I'm moving up the ranks. I'm finding different um, opportunities. Um, and then I also realized that, you know, uh, higher income within that field, although at the time I'm thinking it's a lot, it's really not a lot, um, but it's more than what I was making. Uh, but I needed to have some sort of master's degree, right? Because that's what we're told. We go, we get our bachelor's degree. One, we think, okay, we're, that's the only way we're going to get a decent paying job. And then two, if you really want a better paying job than decent, right, you need to have a master's degree. So I did. So I went to um, a program. It was a specialized program in human services specific for those who were in child protection which is what I was in at the time. Um, it was a master's program at a private university. Okay, so again, not thinking about the cost because guess what? They, the government was willing to pay me or give me loans and I could live off of it, then hey, why not? And guess what? When they gave me those loans, when they ask you how much do you want to accept, of course I accepted the maximum. Why? To me, it was money. It was money that I didn't have to worry about then and there. And I figured, okay, well, it's later on down the road. I'll figure it out later. Honestly, I just didn't care, to be quite honest with you. Debt and all that, I, I didn't really care. I was just used to living in debt. Um, and I figured, okay, well, I'll figure out something later when I get there. Okay, well, fast forward to later, right? I get my master's degree. And actually, halfway through... Um, I finally decided, actually, no, towards the end, let me, let me, let me say that towards the end of my master's degree program, I started to kind of think more about, well, I kind of need to be in business for, for myself. Right. And so, I, but I didn't know which direction I was going to go. And I knew it was a huge undertaking, but I also knew, let me just at least finish my master's degree. Right. For me, I was still stuck in that mindset of, I just want to have a master's degree so that I can say that I have a master's degree, right? And then eventually, as I started to think about it, I was like, well, it's just a fancy, expensive piece of paper, right? So now I have two fancy, expensive pieces of paper, and the debt that came with it could not even compare to these pieces of paper, right? Um, and it couldn't compare to my bank account. <laughs> it just was unbalanced, right? Okay, so now I'm in the field. I have my master's degree. I'm just not making enough. And I don't know. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm just spinning my wheels. I don't know what's next. I figure, well, maybe I can climb this ladder. Maybe I can climb that ladder. And honestly, I didn't have a clue. I had no clue. Um, so I kind of just went along, right? And God had other plans, of course. So doors opened and doors closed on me. And so um, eventually... I decided that maybe I should just go into teaching, more so for the flexibility. I knew that I liked teaching. I wanted to learn more about how to teach and how to be more effective as a teacher because I'd always done presentations for adults. I'd always you know, been able to speak in front of audiences and do trainings and all my different jobs, and I really enjoyed it. So I figured, okay, let me go into middle school. Um, I really don't know why I just randomly chose middle school I figured you know I don't do elementary 
not really into you know babysitting um and not necessarily babysitting i don't want to diminish elementary but they're a little more needy at that level um teenagers i was a little uh, reserved about because i knew that you know teenagers can sometimes be a little you know ornery have a little bit of attitude and i didn't want to be a brand brand new teacher and having to deal with that and you know trying to conquer that and um so I landed with middle school. So I started teaching middle school and I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just stay here for a while. And I uh, got all my certification and that was a long journey in and of itself. It really did take me about four years to complete the entire certification journey with the test and different things like that. Right. So in the midst of all of that, um, I got complacent. Right. So I still had those dreams and goals in the back of my mind. But I started to get a little more complacent because I was in this kind of unique magnet program. It was Montessori. So I was thinking maybe I'll just plant my roots in Montessori. Ultimately, the theme for me was where can I plant my roots, right? I just wanted to plant my roots somewhere and I didn't want to start all over again. I felt like I was creating this niche within teaching and education because I was good at it. I was getting good results. I was progressing, right? And then even in my my last year um, teaching, I was um, given an opportunity to teach an additional class, earn some extra money, as well as um, take on extra responsibilities as department chair, right? So I'm thinking, yes, this is it. I'm just going to move up, right? And at the at the same time, I decided um, to sit down with my husband and we were going to conquer my student loan debt, right? So in the midst of all of that, right, we decided, okay, let's just really look at this. Let's just really dream big. Now, we had always had dreams. Uh, when my husband, my husband and I met in 2013, actually, no, I'm sorry, we were married in 2013. <laughs> we met in 2011. And when we met, um, we, we had, it was almost like, two pieces of the puzzle coming together um so our visions match which was an amazing thing that was a god moment right um but we really didn't do much after that i mean we were we were you know connected through the church and we were ministering in our church and you know that was kind of i guess part of part of our our um purpose together but we knew that that wasn't it we knew that it, it it was beyond that right so we just couldn't and again that was middle ground for us right average right most people you get a job you serve in your church and that's pretty much it right dreaming big creating your own thing that's like outside the box right and we always we talk about it right and and that's what I noticed I kept talking about it I kept saying it but nothing was happening and every time I tried to make something happen it was exhausting right it was almost Almost like well this isn't working out no matter what I tried to do I tried to start this and start that I mean we we knew that um, when we sat down and we looked at our finances um, we realized okay first of all we got to get ourselves on a budget one two um, I actually found Dave Ramsey um, that was my first taste at you know getting my financial house in order right so um, I just started researching and going on Google and just kind of educating myself and trying to filter out what was good what was bad what made sense what didn't um, I was also turned off by every time I did reach out to different professionals I felt like they were trying to sell me something rather than educate me so when I encountered Dave Ramsey I was like wow he has the heart of an educator and he he also explains that find somebody who has the heart of an educator I'm like, that makes sense, right? So I bought his book. I read the whole Total Money Make Money Makeover and I was hooked. I was sold. Now my husband, nah, 
I, he was on board somewhat, you know, I had to kind of, um, show him a little more. Not that he wasn't on board. It's just that, that, you know, that's not his strong suit. Me, that was my strong suit. So I'm the budgeter in the family, right? I'm the one that's like, okay, this, these are the numbers. Let's crunch the numbers. This is what we need to do, right? But ultimately we sat down together and we would talk about our dreams and goals. And then eventually we put a dollar sign on it, right? And then I also took a big step, guys. My student loans, I had no idea how much they were. I knew, I stopped looking at it after a hundred thousand. Okay. Um, and so I was like, I'm not even gonna look, I'm not even gonna look, I'm not even gonna look now a hundred thousand was my bachelor's. Okay. And then mind you, I went to a, a private university. And so I just kept burying it, right. Sweeping it under the rug. And I said, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. And eventually it came to a head and I was like, well, I have to, because if, if we want to start a business, I mean, we looked into owning a franchise, right? So that was one of the things. So what I did was in, in essence was I took, you know, the, the debt that I had and just ignored it. Right. It was like this big pink elephant in the room. And I was like, I'm just going to ignore it. How do I just do this without it? Right. So then the next step, of course, when we were like, okay, well, let's try doing a franchise because you don't have to build it. Everything's done for you. You just have to pay, pay a little extra. It's worth it. Right. But then we would look, we looked at franchises. You had to have a minimum for like a decent franchise, right? A minimum of at least a hundred thousand, right? Or even lower 10,000 right? For a smaller franchise. I couldn't even get approved for a loan of a hundred dollars, <laughs> much less 10,000 or a thousand, right? Um, because I just, you know, all I knew about credit cards was max it out and then, um, you know, figure out how you're going to pay it later or just charge it off. Right. And so that of course affected my credit and different things. And that's when I was like, you know, we got to get a handle on this, you know, cause I was a rebel for so long. I'm, I kind of still kind of am. Right. Um, and especially when you're young, you're like, ah, who needs the system? Right. I really felt like if I was born in the sixties, I might've been a hippie, <laughs> but, um, thank God for that. Right. So, um, we sat down, we started really kind of getting a hold on things and um, tried to do it ourselves as best we could, right? I, I tried to do the baby steps and, and, and we were okay. But um, the biggest issue was income. Our income just wasn't even cutting it enough to pay off my debt, right? My debt. Okay. Um, and I did, and I felt guilty, you know, as a wife bringing that into the marriage, it wasn't my husband's debt right now it becomes his. So I'm sure married couples can relate to that. You know, there is a little bit of guilt that we feel because now it's our debt. Um, and so I wanted to be able to take care of that as quick as possible. Um, but we were limited. Our resources were limited. So, then that's when we were like, okay, well, we've got to think of side hustles. So we went through the process of looking at side hustles and um, we even tried t-shirts and e-commerce and different things, but it just, I don't know, it just wasn't sticking. It, there was like this limit to it and I just could not put my finger on it. And then I realized, you know, I've got to be passionate about whatever it is that we're doing. Um, for me, you know, I'm just kind of strong headed like that. And that if I'm not passionate, um, then it just won't get done one. And I've also realized that I'm a huge procrastinator, um, but I will get stuff done under pressure. Right. So if it's something like, especially at work, oh my gosh, I'd give like 120% at my job and it would come out spectacular. And there would be times that I'd be like, oh my gosh, why can't I do this for myself? But when I try and do it for myself, it'd be like, what is this garbage, right? How can I do so much in my job, right? So it was a lot of introspection, but ultimately what happened for us is that somebody, a friend of ours from, from our church, 
started speaking to me. We were just having a conversation one day and she said multiple streams of income, right? And this is what I'm doing. And I knew she had started her own business and it was in finance, financial education, financial services. And I was completely turned off because I had had that previous experience with, um, you know, the banking industry. And I was like, ah, absolutely not. Right. But but her approach to me was more about, well, education, right and explaining how to build your financial house so i was like okay okay tell me a little more right and then um she also mentioned something about getting license licenses paid for and they help you with that and me i love credentials right and if i can get free credentials i'll take them all day long because i'm thinking in my mind okay i can put that on my resume and then that'll make me marketable to other jobs right so that's all i was thinking right but when she sat down she started explaining basic principles about building your financial house and this is what it takes to retire right magic word retire i was like retirement i could never even think about retirement i felt like i was just gonna work for the rest of my life given the fact of like where our income was at and how much debt we had because it was gonna take according to the government right and, and even if they gave me a break it was gonna take like 20 25 years for me to be able to pay off my student loan debts and it's only it would only be 20 to 25 years from when I'd be able to make the payments right and my when I finally sat down and looked at my student loan debts okay get ready for this one all right the total was about 180,000 right now I had not made any payments on it so guess what happens the interest continues to grow and so eventually it ballooned up to 200,000 Right. And I was like, OK, I got to stop the bleeding. And I remember even calling the um, the servicer. Right. And, and talking about my student loans. I'm like, well, what can I do other than forbearance? Right. And just kind of putting it off. But what can I do, um, you know, to pay? Maybe I can just make minimum payments, minimum payments I couldn't even afford because we were just in over our heads. We just we weren't even on a budget. I couldn't even get the budget right. Um, and so it, it was more so our, our spending habits, right? So a lot of it was a mindset shift. So anyway, now let me go back to the conversation that I had with our friend, right? So she starts breaking down all these basic principles and it was everything that I had already started to kind of educate myself on, but a little more, right? It had a little more backing. She could explain it better than I could with my limited understanding. <clears throat> so I knew there was something to that and I wanted to be able to get the education for myself, right? That was bi my biggest motivation. I wanted to have the education for myself. I wanted to be able to get us out of debt and have some extra income on the side, um, helping other people. And then, of course, having the credentials to back it up, right? So that's what got me. But we didn't get started right away, right? It actually took us a couple more years and we would just do it on the side, make some side money every so often because, like I said before, I wanted to plant my flag somewhere that felt comfortable. Instead of planting it outside of my job, right? And creating my own thing because that takes a level of faith. I figured, well, this is already working for me. This is what's already paying me. So why reinvent the wheel there? Right. And so I figured, OK, well, I'll just figure out something this way. And that was the middle. Right. Let me just stay in the middle. And then one day and this was in November of 2019, October, November 2019, I was completely stressed out, overwhelmed. I had had all these extra responsibilities on me as a teacher, right? And and if you guys know, if any teachers out there listening, you know there's a whole lot more to teaching than just 
teaching and educating young minds, right? There's so much more that I'd say, you know, teaching um, the kids and interacting with the kids and having that one-on-one and feeling, yeah, I'm a rock star teacher, right? That's about maybe 10, 15% of the job. The whole of the rest of it is filled with nothing but just craziness and chaos, right? And so um, it was like this constant state of chaos every single day. And it had been that way for years, right? It felt like forever, but it really was, I was in my fourth year and I was like, this is, wow, this is really overwhelming. But what I also recognized too was that, you know, when we are in dysfunction, for a period of time, it's like we adapt to it, right? You're just in dysfunction so much, you just accept it. And again, middle, right? Dysfunctional and chaotic, but we accept it because it's stability, because we're getting that paycheck every two weeks or every week, what have you, right? And it is consistent, especially if you're on salary. I think salary, honestly, is ultimate middle, it's ultimate middle ground because you know that you're getting your salary is the same, right? And for a lot of people, that would be a positive. And it was a positive for me. But then when I started feeling overwhelmed, I'm like, there's got to be another way. How do I get out? How do I break middle? How do I get out of this middle area? Um, and I just felt like I didn't have options, even though we had this part-time opportunity where we were going out and we were meeting with people on the side. It felt like a burden at the time because it was just extra. I was so overwhelmed with work. And then, like I said, October, November came and we, my husband actually amped it, ramped it up a notch, right? And he was like, no, he had had something happen at his job. And, and, and I'll actually have him come and share it, but I'll share a short version of it. You know, I, I want him to be able to share his, the exact, you know, story, the way it happened. But basically what happened was that his job, he works for a, a smaller, like mom and pop type of, um, job. And, um, he, he, you know, was promoted and he's, you know, got a decent position, right? Middle. <laughs> um, but ultimately he does have, you know, bosses, right? That, that he has to um, respond to and who tell him, you know, how much money he can make and when he can come in and all that good stuff. Right. Um, and one day, one of his, um, one of his bosses, one of the owners had um, bought a new car and it was like fully loaded. It was like a luxury car. And um, he gave him the keys and said, um, here, you can drive it for the day or you can go somewhere and drive my car because you'll never own one of these. Right. And so for him, <laughs> that took the cake. That just absolutely took the cake for him. And it was like a light bulb turn on for him. And he's like, no, we got to get out. We've got to get out of this situation. And I thank God for him. And I thank God for that moment, to be quite honest with you, because if it wasn't for my husband, I don't know if I would have the motivation to do it. So he took the first steps and he started going, right? And then it took me a little while because I still was holding on to my job. I was still holding on to teaching because there would be like glimmers and moments, you know, when I'm interacting with the kids, I'm like, I love this. I love this job. And then at the end of the day, right, I'm like, I I hate this. I can't. I got to get up and do this again tomorrow. Right. And we were just counting days to the next day off to the next break. Right. And one of the reasons I came into teaching was because of the flexibility, um, because you get so many days off. Right. You get all that. No. But as a teacher, it's like you need it that you just you need that amount of time just to sit, vegetate, watch Netflix and chill so that you can have the strength to do it all again and finish out the school year. And then when the school year is over, you do need two, three 
two and a half months, basically, that's all you get. It feels like a long time, but it's really not, right? It's barely enough. And then it's filled with teacher workshops and all that. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I don't know how much longer I can take this, right? So what ended up happening was in December, it just so happened that I was coordinating the um, eighth grade DC trip. So I was already going to be out for a week. And then um, a family member actually uh, invited us to go on a cruise uh, for the following week. Um, and so, you know, it's their offering. We're not going to say no. Right. And we didn't you know, we've been we were on our budget. And so we were saying, OK, we're not going to go on any um, big trips because it does, you know, cost a lot. And it sets us back every single time we do that. So we're not going to do that anymore. Right. And so a, a relative paid for us to, to take a trip in December. And so we went and we took advantage of it. I had the time at my job. So did my husband because we didn't go over the summer. And so in essence, I ended up um, not being at my job for a whole month, like taking a whole month off. Um, and that's when I realized, you know, we're on vacation mode. Thank God. I really I really do appreciate, you know, um, being able to have that, you know, that extended period of time because it it really took me out of that chaotic and dysfunctional environment so that I could recognize what was happening. Right. And so. I felt like, okay, I'm going to attack this new year, right? And this is 2020. <laughs> we all know what happens after that, right? So 2020, here's 2020, and here's New Year's Eve, and we're like, yes, we're going to do it this year. This is our year, right? And I come back to the school after my long extended break, and my room was absolutely tore up, right? I mean, things were everywhere, just um, uh, tables out of place. Um, one of my picture frames, I had a picture frame that I was using, you know, to draw on for the class, to put the schedule or whatever. I don't know what happened, but I just know it was in pieces on the floor, right? It was just tore up, destructed. Now, when I'm in my classroom, you know, if y'all don't know, I, I believe in decency and in order. And when I'm in my classroom, those kids know not to mess with me, right? But we have a respect. We have a mutual respect. I respect them. They respect me. But if I'm there, they they don't, you know, that would never happen, right? But for me, it was like, you all don't even have enough respect for me in my absence. One, and you don't have respect for your own classroom because this is your environment, right? Like they just weren't understanding. And there was a lot, you know, there was always a lot of um, entitlement that we always had to deal with. And, and uh, again, these are not my children, right? These are someone else's children and you just kind of have to work through it. So part of that was like this, you know, so many other things. And, and I, I'll get into that in a whole other episode, right? Because that will take, you know, days to, to really um, hash out. Um, but ultimately, I had had it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And then, of course, I came back and there was, all, you know, coming back into chaos, right? I was already in like calm serenity mode and peace and quiet. And then here I come jumping right back into it. And I was like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Like I had reached my breaking point. I was finished with the middle. Right. So I was like, I got to break middle. <laughs> it's time to break middle. And so we called our mentor. We called the, the same um, young lady that brought us into the into our um, into the business. Um, I called her immediately and I said, what do I need to do? I want to quit my job today. What do I need to do? And she said, well, don't do that. OK, let's come up with a plan, um, you know, and, and how long it will take you to transition. You need about, you know, three to six months of income saved up. 
and um, you know, let's really hash out a plan to make sure that this is you know the journey that you're going to go into. And I said, absolutely, let's do that. I I didn't like it. I didn't like hearing that. I wanted to quit, but I'm I'm glad that um, she talked me out of it. She talked us out of it. Um, my husband, thank God for him. Praise him. Praise God for him. Um, he was like, whatever you want to do, honey, I support you. Right. So <laughs> I'm glad I didn't, I didn't quit. Right. But what I did was, um, I really got our budget together. Um, you know, much more than it was before we amped it up. We took every single piece of, uh, money, uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Tax refunds, right. Anything extra that I got, um, through the job, we hustled, whatever we were doing on the side, we put everything into savings. Right. And I calculated, I said, how much money do we need? I, um, constricted our budget to make sure that we weren't spending as much, um, as we, you know, should like we were making sure that we were, we were not living beyond what we can afford nothing extra right rice and beans beans and rice if y'all know Dave Ramsey and so um we actually surpassed our goal right i had originally um you know planned for 3 months but we actually ended up with 6 and even more um saved up so praise god for that right and so um i was able to turn in my resignation and I was able to, you know, tell them I'm not coming back, which, which is funny because um, January, when all that, you know, really kind of just took off for me, I kept saying, I said, I'm not coming back. You know, every all the everybody asks, usually around um, the new year, January, February, everybody asks, you know, what are your intentions for next next year? And my response to everyone was, I'm not coming back. I'm not, you know, and, and what's funny is that, um, you know, many people say that and then the next year, here they are again, right? Like there's, there's teachers who say, oh, I'm going to retire this year. And then here they are again. Right. And so everybody just doesn't really, um, kind of take you seriously as a teacher because, you know, we all have those moments. Right. And, and I get it, you know, um, but I was like, no, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. And it was consistent, right? And I, I was like, I'm standing on faith. I am just stepping out on faith and I'm going to do this, right? So that's what happened. And come June, it was, my my response was always consistent. I'm not coming back. And really, you know, come May, June, and, and of course the shutdown and, and all of that, I, I was like, oh, I'm, no, I'm definitely not coming back, you know, with all of that happening and COVID and all that online learning and all of it, whatever. So I turned in my resignation and I did not turn back, right? So here we are stepping out on faith. I'm able to share it with you guys, right? And that was the best decision I think that we could ever have made as a family. And we are still stepping out on faith, right? We are expanding. We're doing something new and it's okay, right? So I wanted to share all of that with you guys to give you uh, maybe a framework, right? Maybe my own testimony can help somebody else and ignite somebody else's spark. Um, because if it wasn't for other people sharing their stories with me, I would not had had enough courage to go ahead and step out on faith, right? And the support of my husband and, you know, we're still transitioning. We're still in the middle of a transition phase, but we're in business for ourselves, right? We, we are still in in that mindset we're still in that mode and we believe 1000% that this is going to work out cuz it already is right everything that we set out to do it's happening right and so i encourage you this is breaking metal 
right? So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like, oh man, I'm uncomfortable in comfortability, that is good. That is healthy. Let's break middle together. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Breaking Middle Podcast. Connect with us on social media at Breaking Middle at BreakingMiddle.com. Your feedback means the world to us. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast app. See you next time.